Well, hello and welcome back to another episode of Bible Prophecy for today. My name is Heather and I'm going to give you some news and views from a West Texans biblical point of view. One you're not going to find in your mainstream media. Hey guys, it is good to be back. Good to be back. Sorry about my... Uh, my little sabbatical there, I got sick, and then I had all kinds of crazy stuff happening, but you don't want to hear about that. You guys want to hear some article headlines, and I've got some for you tonight, um, some that's a little bit on the fringe, you might say. Uh, well, normally, back maybe a couple years ago, maybe, you know, 2019, might be, you know, you'd be like, that's crazy, that could never happen, but now you're like, yeah, that could happen, that that could possibly happen. <laughs> oh, let's talk about them. So, Christians in an anti-Christian world will touch on that a little bit by Hal Lindsey, nefarious, the spiritual warfare that occurred while filming. Guys, I am not um a proponent i'm not telling you guys to go watch that movie i don't like horror movies i don't care what they use the horror movie for if they're using to bring whatever uh I'm, I'm not a big um person that watches horror movies so i will never advocate for you to go and watch one of those if you want to know a little bit about the movie nefarious and what lines up in my view you can watch spencer smith's live um episode that he had on his channel monday night where he talked a bit about uh the movie he doesn't watch it either but i do have friends that have gone out and they you know they're all for it and they're like oh it's a good movie well one friend so you gotta say that with a grain of salt but we will talk about a little bit of the warfare that did happen during the movie oh and good news woke companies love misery as Morphe's boycott for featuring trans activists uh anheuser bush is learning the hard way that when you um mess with your fan base the people who buy your product you should know them best would know they would not go for some trans person that is not the bud drinking crowd okay folks uh budweiser folks don't drink don't drink that uh for uh trans people no and so uh he can tell they if but if but lot six billion dollars folks this is with a b six billion dollar nosedive is any indication uh the damages are gonna be a lot more than cosmetic that article says um but you can watch that at uh, or you can read that at uh prophecynewswatch.com it's an article about bowdy uh from the washington stand posted on the 26th of april from way back and uh, i'm sure they've lost a whole lot more but i'm not going to give them um any more um air time because to me uh you shouldn't be drinking beer i don't think unless i mean i'm not telling you what to do but i don't drink and uh but I did when I was younger uh, a lot. And so anyway, I kind of regret that. Um, but anyway, what else do we have going on in the news today? Oh, here we go. I wanted to talk about this earlier. And I had tried several times to jump in and, and jump on and do a podcast. And things just didn't work out. But this is what I want to talk about. It's from April the 10th. And I may have in one of my other articles. But I did want to touch on this tonight. The setup, the 10 indicators, the hour is late as you can find this at harbingersdaily.com and is by Jan Markell. Yes, folks, if you do not subscribe um, to her, uh, they give out a, a monthly newsletter, digital. But if you're if you uh, if you're a don't if you donate, or even if you don't, they only give you a year for free of the. I think it's a semi-annual. I think you get one every quarter. I might say, don't quote me, but you get one in print. And so, folks, always a lot of good information in that. What else do we have going on? King Charles and the globalists set meeting for September to plot 
How to Accelerate Goals of the UN Agenda 2030 in the Complete Digitization of Humanity. That's an article by Jim Hoft, and it was posted um, today, May the 2nd. We'll chit-chat about that and one that was also posted on the 29th of April, and he's becoming one of my favorite favorite article writers favorite reporters dean dwyer from australia um guys this is a, the digital trance the church's burden to reach the first truly post-christian generation and we will discuss a little bit of that article um tonight as well now there's a lot of stuff going on a lot of things grabbing headlines and stuff like that i'm not a big um catchy person i don't talk a lot about like big headline things because most of the time it doesn't uh doesn't really appeal to christians you know, we know there's a lot of evil going on in the world. And so I don't really talk about a lot of evil things happening. I try not to talk about that. And if I do, I just try to give you guys a headline to let you guys, hey, this is what's going on. Um, there's so many shootings, you know, it's hard to keep up with. And um, it, it's just a truly evil world that we live in. Of course, I'm reading in my Bible. I was reading in uh, uh, Revelation, I believe it's chapter 7. It takes peace from the earth and they'll kill one another. And things are just becoming increasingly wicked and squirts over there he totally agrees with me totally you know my dog he's always in agreement that's right he knows who puts the food in the bowls he knows who gives him his greenies that's right squirt knows the truth <laughs> anyway i did remember um talking about the jm Kell. um i think it's quarterly maybe it's a quarterly something like that uh, newsletter she sends out um it i said it was for free of course it's, it's donations don't don't think you gotta pay for that i'm sorry i shouldn't i should have worded that a little a little different a little different but anyway um anyway if you can't please donate to her ministry um i'll tell you what she's been running um uh, Olive Tree Ministry since 2000. They're now on over 900 and something radio stations. She held the largest, largest annual Bible prophecy convention since I think 2000 and I don't know when, 2002, three something like that. Anyway, um, she did it all the way up through 2019. Uh, I think Jack Hibbs has now taken over for Calvary Chapel. So I know they do that up there. And also... Her and Mark Henry Ministries there in Minneapolis, Minnesota, hold a monthly Bible prophecy conference. Guys, it's that is so much is going on that we have one monthly now. Can you imagine? It used to be a yearly thing, but so much is happening. It's happening so, so fast. It's like, you know, tacos. I'm just telling you, not tacos, folks. Tacos, tachometer. Uh, Jesus said. So we'll talk about prominent prophetic perspectives as well. That is, I think, let me see, Terry James, folks. If you haven't checked out any of his books, you might want to do some of those. So the first headline, first thing I want to talk to you guys about is um, Dean Dwyer, uh, The Digital Trance, The Church's Burden to Reach the First Truly Post-Christian Generation. He posted this on the 29th of April on Harbinger's Daily Dot com. I'm going to grab some coffee, folks. Hold on. Mm-hmm. It's going to be one of those nights. Okay, so in Deuteronomy chapter 6, we read of a prayer that has remained very special to the Jewish people from the time of Moses until the modern day. He says in Hebrew, it is simply called the Shema. The first line is even well known amongst Christians who hold a deep love for the Jewish people. In a quote, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. That is Shema Yisrael Adonai 
I'm not going to try to pronounce the rest of that because that is in um, Hebrew. He goes on to say, even though many people only recite that one line, the Shema actually consists of three paragraphs. That's Deuteronomy chapter 6, 4 through 9, and Deuteronomy chapter 11, 13 through 21, and Numbers 15, 37 through 41. And he goes on to say, in the simplest of terms, the Shema means to hear. But lest we fall into the trap of hearing and not doing, it must be said that the core principle of of the Shema is obedience in action. He says his focus for this article is Deuteronomy chapter 6 verses 5 and 7. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul and with all your strength. And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down and when you rise up. Because of this command, the Shema is considered the centerpiece of morning and evening prayer for the Jewish people. In fact, God's intention for the Shema is for it to guide the vision and actions of every moment of life for his people. Most importantly, I believe it is necessary to emphasize the declaration in verse in verse 7 where it says, You shall teach them diligently to your children. Why, he asks, as he says, as we have seen demonstrated throughout the biblical record and in our own lives, if children are not raised in the ways of the Lord, they will choose to reject him. And in doing so, they face the reality of a Christless eternity. And he goes on to say, when you examine the landscape of the mission field before us, it holds many challenges. Traditionally, we might consider evangelism as simple as speaking to the next person or uh, the speaking to the next person who crosses our path but in actual fact evangelism has to some people's surprise become more complex as the world has grown more interconnected he said in the past for evangelism to have any chance of success missionaries needed to cross geographical ethnic and socioeconomic boundaries however there is a new challenge Bridging the generational boundary as young people retreat into an increasingly digital world. Yes, you guys, um, I've noticed this as well. And if you look around the world today, every kid you look at, I don't care where they're at, their phone, their face is in their phone. That 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 is their life right there. Face in the phone. That's it. They run into. They run out in front of buses. They run off cliffs. They literally they walk off cliffs. They walk into pools. Their face is in their phone. If you look at them in restaurants, like I'll sit there and look at these folks at restaurants, and they're sitting around their table, they got the little food set out there, the little drinks, they're all sitting there, and every single one of them has a phone in their hand. They're sitting there staring at their phone, and like you can grab and fries, you know, they don't even look up. I'm a kid friend sitting right in front of you, right, right there, family, whatever. Families get together for dinner. Do they even do that anymore? I mean, we did when we were kids. We all gathered at the dinner table. Do people do that anymore? I don't even know. I don't know. Do they gather around their phones? Is that the new dinner piece? I mean, I don't, you know. Unfortunately, it's sad. It, it is sad that that it, this happens, that this is happening, this is going on, this is what society has become. Uh, I don't know. Anyway, let's go on back to the article here. So, uh, Generation Z, generally born between 1997 and 2012, and who now comprise approximately 26% of the global population, are the first social generation to have grown up with access to the internet and portable digital technology from a young age, which has left them somewhat susceptible to those wishing to infuse a secular worldview into their outlook. Consequently, and aided by the refusal of their parents to engage with God and His Word, Generation Z contains the highest percentage of individuals who do not hold a Christian faith compared to the other generations. 
So based on current data, having been raised in a post-Christian context, especially in Western nations, it would appear that Generation Z is the first truly post-Christian generation. However, rather than throwing them to the digital wolves, the challenge for the modern church is this. We have become adept at formulating mission programs to reach people in other nations, but perhaps it is time to invest the same energy into reaching people in other generations, particularly when they are so disconnected from God due to a failure of parents to pass on biblical knowledge. He goes on to say, to make my point, Dean says, let me blend the two mission missional outlooks together. Generation Z in a foreign nation, in this case, China. Unlike traditional Chinese who respect family and authority, Generation Z is the very first generation to switch the heart of their lives from the real world to the virtual world. In fact, many of them are earning significant wages from a new profession referred to as, quote, avatar shapers, unquote, which is a service offered to people desiring lifelike avatars uh, in the metaverse. For those unfamiliar with the term metaverse, may I direct you to a sermon he says he preached God's universe or man's metaverse. Anyway, you can go to Harbinger's Daily and click on that link if you want to go and read his article or his sermon on that. Anyway, moving along, he says, given the niche um, nature of avatar shaping, it can add up to three months. It can take up to three months to master, particularly when designing highly defined facial features, which match the consumer's real world appearance for both service provider and consumer. They remain completely unaware of the concept of Omega Day and therefore spent the bulk of their time, energy and money formulating a new identity they feel represents them in the digital world. But in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, we see the desire of God. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. We must make the point to Generation Z that it is not an avatar in the metaverse that will fill the void in their heart. That void will only be filled by having a saving faith in Jesus Christ. For China's Generation Z, achievements in the real world are not considered important. Instead, how to dominate online, especially in gaming, and how to quickly build a network of universal friends across national and linguistic boundaries is considered far more important than success in the creation of personal connections in the real world. The paradox is that while most people suffer from the negative effects of zero tolerance COVID-19 policies throughout the world and craved real world connection again, China's Generation Z, who are devoted to uh, the freedoms of virtual reality, became even more convinced of the advantages in living out one's life in cyberspace. What they don't understand is that this is to their ongoing spiritual detriment. And he goes on to say, in a recent group meeting among pastors from different regions, they discussed Generation Z, making the observation that in the 200 years of gospel work in China, this pre- this present period of time may pose the greatest challenge. Life's hardships may sometimes lead people to recognize their need for the Lord in their life. But how can this hope be introduced to young people seeking to perfect, mold, and remake their identity within virtual reality? How do we appeal to Generation Z to leave their digital world in taste and see that the Lord is good, particularly when they feel that the digital world more broadly meets their social 
economic and spiritual needs. The burden to reach the next generation must not must not just be left to a few. It is incumbent upon the church as a whole to invest resources in prayer towards Generation Z. The world and its tech conglomerates are offering Generation Z countless possibilities, particular as the new world of the metaverse unfolds. But their excitement about the possibilities of the metaverse will soon give way to the terror of a Christless eternity if they are not reached with the gospel. Absolutely right, Mr. Dwyer. Folks, that article is by Dean Dwyer, and he is absolutely right. We must, must reach uh, this generation. And folks, they're not only in China like that. They're here in the United States, dare I say the UK, and even in Australia, probably all over the world. These young kids and young teens, young adults, that's all they do is stare at their phone, uh, play their video games. And, uh, you know, they don't get out in the real world. You don't see them outside playing. You know, I never see kids hardly outside playing ever. Do y'all? Do y'all see kids? I remember when I was a kid, we couldn't even be in the house. My mom would be like, get outside and go play. My mom is storming. I don't care. Get out there and go play. It was like, no, get outside. If there's daylight outside, your butt better be outside. You either be mowing the lawn, picking weeds or something, picking up trash. There's something you can go out there and plant something. There's something you can do. But these kids today... Nope. Do you guys remember what was that on Facebook? What was I think called Farmville or something? Man, people just flocked to that thing like it was crazy. Why don't you go go out in the real world and go plant you some flowers? I, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Mm. You guys, it's crazy. Crazy. I just never thought I'd see these day. King Charles and the Globalist set meeting for September to plot how to accelerate goals of the UN Agenda 2030 in the complete digitization of humanity folks if you have not caught the latest uh by billy uh billy crone there at getalifemedia.com and getalifemedia.com guys go out check his website you can check him out on rumble facebook youtube twitter you name it gab he's on there right uh but you definitely want to go to the rumble channel or if you not download the app download the get life media app and folks you're gonna have it all at the fingertips right there but on rumble you want to go check out his latest uh Klaus schwab sermon and we'll kind of uh scare the pants off of you maybe not scared but uh definitely get your eyes open everything is genetically modified everything even our food everything every single thing we eat and i get to where i pray now whenever i eat i always give thanks god give thanks to god for the food he's provided for me but now you know, before I eat it, I always like really pray over it, like, you know, for him to uh, use it to nourish my body and to try to, you know, maybe bring it back to what, it's, what it should have been, what he created it to be. Folks, they're uh, genetically spicing and dicing. And I tell you what, they're just doing all kinds of wicked stuff. Wicked, it's rebellious. It's rebellious, a rebellious, a rebellion against God. And uh, it didn't work out so well for Noah's generation. You know, we all remember that. And uh, the Bible told us that the Bible tells us these things so that we will not repeat them. And what else does he say? Don't sow your don't sow your field with two different types of crops. Don't mix them. And they're doing that, folks. They're not even mixing them in the same field. They're mixing their DNA together. It is wickedness. And I always found that interesting when it says don't uh, mix two fabrics together. I thought, oh, I didn't even, you know, you don't really think about things like that. When you read the Bible, it's going to tell you. It's going to tell you the truth, folks. Whew, we need to wake up. Wake up. Folks, I'm looking for the Lord to call us home at any moment. So the time is very short. We must get out there, preach the gospel, tell people the gospel, tell them the good news. Yeah, how are they not going to know if they don't have somebody to tell them? The Bible says we need to get out there and tell them.
We must tell them the truth, you guys. Um, that's the only thing that's going to save them. Jesus is the only one that's going to save them. And you think about, I, 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 so sad. I think of these anchor people and um, all these people, athletes, boxers, musicians, Hollywood actors, all this uh, dropping dead. And uh, Pastor Billy Crow made a good statement. Do you see any politicians dropping dead? Mm, no. Hmm. Interesting. Very interesting, right? Uh, they pushed that injection on everybody, but did they take it? No, they probably knew. He correlates this all back to history, uh, back to Hitler, and talks about everything that happened in that time in the eugenics program. And folks, it's, absolutely, it's wicked. It's wicked. It is beyond wicked. And uh, Jesus has to come back and set these things straight. Um, he is destroying. The, the world is, is, is it's so sad. And the Bible says in Revelation that, that Jesus has to come back to destroy those who are destroying the earth. And they're changing. Yeah, they're, they're, that's their whole plan is to change human DNA. They call it uh, human 2.0. And folks, it's that, that is their plan. They think that's what they're going to do in these foods. And they're already genetically modifying insects, uh, mosquitoes in, in particular. Uh, my sweet, sweet friend, she's like my big sister, Stephanie there in Florida, um, told me and her husband, uh, Dwayne, um, they actually videoed them coming through there. It was at, it was like 1230, 1am. And, uh, there are these big vehicles, like trucks, massive trucks with these tanks on there's fogging this area, but it wasn't the same fog. And he, she said they have been sick ever since they did that over a month and a half. Everybody there is sick, nauseous, um, indigestion, you know, digestive problems, all kinds of crazy headaches, weird stuff. When they sent this fog, then they said it was not for mosquitoes. You know, they usually fog me. They said they don't ever do that. This was not the same thing. And I'm kind of curious as if that's happening in anybody else's neighborhood. Um, you know, I think that was uh, something that uh, was uh, some kind of experiment, I'm sure. And then uh, they, they're already using insects and moths and all kinds of stuff and here in Amarillo Texas we had like a herd of moths land here the other night uh I left the top off my car and I got in my car and I'm driving down the road I have moths flying out of my car I was like what is going on it's going on uh then of course then there's the thing on the one of the news uh stations your radio stations talking about you know we've been invaded by the moths and so you kind of wonder if they've genetically modified them too which they have there's proof they have Guys, everything is genetically modified. And, uh, you know, you, you look at food these days and it says, no GMO. There's no GMO here. Well, I hate to tell you, it's they've modified everything. I wouldn't eat corn. And I love corn. I do. I, I'm a carbaholic. I love carbs and carbs love me. But um, <laughs> I didn't realize, but corn is like the number one thing in soybeans. Soybeans is the other thing that's that is uh, genetically modified and we got rain coming if you can ask our doppler dave doppler dave from uh kfda weather um anyway tell us that lightning has been detected in my area yes we have a storm coming here comes my chihuahua and i don't know my dog has never met doppler dave but whenever he comes on my phone the little app that tells you he comes running because he knows there's something wrong there's a storm coming that's not a good thing and i don't know how he knows it but he knows it but anyway um so everything is genetic, especially corn. And if you notice, everything has corn oil in it. Everything has maltodextrin. Everything has, there's some form of corn in high fructose corns. So there's some form of corn in almost everything you eat. 
So take a step back, look at uh, look at the ingredient list, soybeans or the other highly geni- genetic modified food group. The folks, these are all about Monsanto. And so we all know what Monsanto is. Uh, glassophates is in almost all of your food, causes Parkinson's, causes all kinds of stuff. It's in Roundup. Um, and so Roundup is just in almost every, it's, it's permeated almost all of our food supply. And um, I just give you guys that heads up because, you know, I try to eat organic as much as I can. But how organic is our organic food? You know, and I look at what all they've done uh, to the supply. But go check out Billy Crone's latest update on the Klaus Schwab, his latest sermon. And uh, you'll be surprised. Oh, boy. Definitely surprised. Anyway. Ah. We sucked down some coffee today. I tell you what, I got bit by something at a client's house today. And oh my goodness gracious, whatever it is, is huge. I've got a huge whelp from it. But anyway, oh goodness, folks. So this article is by You Know Him, You Love Him, Leo Holman. And you can check this one out at the gatewaypundit.com. Good old Leo. And so uh, it's a guest post on uh, Jim Hoff's article, um, King Charles and the Globalist, uh, talking about their agenda 2030 and how they're going to turn us into the digitization of all of us humans. So he goes on to say, the World Economic Forum and the United Nations are so concerned that the goals of Agenda 2030, sustainable development, and the Great Reset, a.k.a. technocracy under a one-world beast system, are in jeopardy of not being fulfilled by the appointed date that they have called for a summit in September to discuss how they can kickstart their stalled totalitarian agenda. The WEF, founded in 1971 by German economics and engineer Klaus Schwab, under the tutelage of Dr. Henry Kissinger, has said for years that by 2030, the people of the world will, quote, own nothing and they will have no privacy, but they will somehow learn to like the revolving state of digital slavery. You will be living in a tiny apartment in a so-called smart city where almost no one works, sitting back playing video games and drawing a universal basic income check from the government. The smart homes situated inside smart cities will be powered by artificial intelligence, an all-knowing force with a watchful eye on everyone's activities movement even their thoughts people will willingly eat bugs and artificial lab-grown meat as their source of protein in a universal help to or effort to help the earth quote heal itself through carbon neutrality never mind that in a world free of carbon no plant life will be able to sustain itself and famine will claim the lives of millions there will be a quote life-saving vaccine for literally every form of sickness And there will be plenty of that as people submit to the demands that they replace their natural human immune system with a man-made one powered by synthetic mRNA that takes over one's body and completely changes its DNA. You're no longer human. You're transhuman, meaning you are transitioning or evolving into a higher life form that is part human and part machine. Humans will finally be able to direct their own evolution through advances in technology, says Schwab Chief Advisor, the Israeli historian Professor Yuval Noe 
Harari. In the wake of the COVID pandemic in 2020, Schwab and the WEF released a new book and agenda, which they branded, quote, The Great Reset, where they saw this massive crisis as a narrow window of opportunity to radically transform the world from physical and tangible to virtual and digital. Everything in this new world is connected. Every appliance, every vehicle, every highway and light post, every home, every body. Hence the call for not only an Internet of Things, but an Internet of Bodies. I've talked about that, folks. So as Harari stated, the surveillance that humans fully accepted as a part of the new normal during the pandemic would soon make the next great leap. He predicted when it comes to surveillance, now it's going under the skin. Harari said, and I quote, when people look back, the thing they will remember from the COVID crisis is that this is the moment when everything went digital, when everything became monitored. And there's a brief video you guys can watch there. If you want to go to gatewaypundit.com, you can watch it there. So, but it's more than just the UN and the WEF who were behind the great reset of humanity and the pressure to change the way we live, forcing us into what they call a higher state of consciousness in which aided by artificial intelligence, we become in, we came come into quote harmony and balance with nature as stated on the georgia godstones monument you remember that folks they blew it up <laughs> anyway, one of the biggest pushers of this dystopian vision is his royal highness yes folks king charles whose coronation will take place on may the 6th listen to him wax eloquent about his grandiose collectivist plan for humanity and there's a short video below talking about that but we're not going to listen to that right now but you guys can listen to that if you want to anyway when charles talks about the great reset and the goals of the un it sounds more like a religion than anything else um earth worship that's what it is folks so he beckons us to follow his lead into this new religion while he claims to be a christian he never mentions the bible god the father or jesus christ the one who has a desire to save not the earth but the souls of those who inhabit the earth the luciferians believe they can create their own version of heaven on earth without the god of the bible and this is the greatest deception they dangle in front of the weak human beings king charles has his own page on wef website in which he outlines the 10 actions we must take to drive the green recovery these 10 actions are truly frightening were they ever or were they ever to be fully implemented as they would allow for no, for I mean, from seriously, for basically no freedom in a top-down dictatorship that decides for us how all resources are to be allocated and used. Folks, I'm just going to interject here. But did any of you give the okay for them to screw with our food? I mean, I don't know. Did you guys have them give them any inclination that this was okay that they could cross our seeds and do all this garbage and all genetically modified fish and injecting chickens and now they're genetically modifying chickens so they don't have feathers you know because all that chicken you guys are eating um that's not organic and it's not cage free raised and you know an actual no they're in buildings and they so many of them die because they have feathers and they get hot so now they're genetically modifying them so the chickens won't grow feathers folks this is wicked wickedness anyway 
moving right along. So I throw that in there as a little tidbit, you know. So he goes, um, for uh, rigorously working towards the provision of reliable data and actively advance the adoption of common metrics and standards, as for example, the IBC scorecard, in order to allow more informed assessments of sustainability, compliance, and opportunities for improvement, in particular with regard to alignment with the Paris Agreement. It is time now to move towards unified metrics and global standards to encourage accelerated progress through uninformed or uniformed benchmarking. Yes, folks, this is where we have come to. And that's number four, by the way. That's their that's their number four on the list. And this is when they call for what sounds like the formation of the sustainability police, given the power to enforce, quote, sustainability compliance with one world standards set by the Paris Agreement. And of course, if you remember, uh, President Trump at that point in time pulled us out of that. But now we have bumbling Biden, who's technically Obama um, in office. He's like, oh, Biden. Anyway, she so goes on to say, and what about those of us who refuse to comply with these gold standards? It will no doubt be off to the gulag or maybe even off with our heads. But progress uh, towards this supposedly new and better world that Charles talks about is not moving fast enough to meet his expectations and the expectations of the WEF, the United Nations and Klaus Schwab, Yvonne O'Harari, Bill Gates, Larry Fink. George Soros and the rest of the Luciferians who have managed to place their minions in the key positions of power throughout our institutions. And you wonder why here in the United States it took 12 votes to get McCarthy voted in. Folks, he is a Luciferian as well. Um, just go look on the WEF world, WEF's website. You can top it his name and boom. It'll pull it up for you on the search bar. Anyway, so Schwab openly brags about having penetrated the cabinets of major nations with WF puppets. And you can watch the two-minute video, guys, if you want to. Yeah, it's quite disturbing. But anyway, he goes, despite all this, quote, progress, things just aren't moving fast enough for these psychopaths, unfortunately. So he goes on to say, uh, last week, the WEF released a post saying that, quote, civic participation is key uh, to participating UN sustainability targets to fulfill the goals of Agenda 2030. And if you guys can't tell, my, my little dog jumped in my lap and he is terrified. We have a thunderstorm going on outside. So anyway, he does not like uh, thunderstorms. He's a little chihuahua, as I like to call him. Anyway, it's okay, Scory. It's okay. It's okay. He is shaking like a leaf. So anyway, the WEF wrote, and I quote, attacks on civil society and civil freedoms threatened to unravel achievements in meeting the UN sustainable development goals. He is terrified, guys. <laughs> Sorry about that. It is pouring down rain. I mean, pouring down. We've been in a drought. It is such a blessing it is so wonderful to hear thunder and see the lightning and hear the rain coming down wow unfortunately i hear ambulances and fire trucks right now but uh thanking god for the rain and my little chihuahua scorticus is sitting here boy he is terrified shaking like a leaf you guys <laughs> he's shaking like a leaf but anyway, let's, uh, let's listen here uh, what the WEF had to say, and we're going to read it here. So this is what they wrote. Quote, attacks on civil society and civil freedoms threaten to unravel 
achievements in meeting the UN Sustainable Development Goals. They are weakening action uh, to tackle economic inequality, gender imbalances, corruption, and environmental degradation, unquote. He goes on to say, so they have planned a special 2023 SDG summit for September, at which uh, they will discuss the world's shortcomings in meeting their 17 Sustainable Development Goals, calling the forum meeting enormously significant as a plethora of world leaders are expected to be in attendance. Who knows how they have timed this meeting? What other manufactured crises could be upon us by September? World War III, food shortages and famine, civil unrest, he asked. Hmm? I don't know, Leo, but I'm guessing probably maybe a little bit of all of those, maybe. He goes on to say, it really is amusing listening to the globalists drone on about the world's problems and how their solutions will take into account everyone's best interests, gender and balances yes me too me too leo uh these are the same people encouraging young children to be confused about what their gender even is environmental degradation these are the folks who want all vehicles all appliances all lawn and garden tools everything to run off of power generated by the electric grid which cannot even sustain the current level of power needs let alone if we all traded our gas powered cars gas stoves leaf blowers tractors bowers chainsaws etc for electric ones and there and where do they plan on putting these or those toxic solar panels and lithium batteries after they've outlived their useful life what about those wind turbines that are killing birds and sea life so they don't tell us about civic participation and sustainability and how you will give us a better world and all of the other laws the globalists care about one thing domination control they will do anything tell any lie to achieve it and they wonder why there has been a breach of trust why people around the world have had enough of the incessant laws manufactured crises arrogance and intolerance of descending views that come down from the globalist and their elitist institutions very well said leo very well you guys can check out more on leo at leohoman.com h-o-h-m-a-n-n.com go check out mr leo yes guys what it, mm, 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 mm. it's amazing it's amazing you'll be eat bugs and you will be happy you eat this lab-grown meat made from cancer cells you will be happy you'll be happy uh, you know, they're not going to be eating that garbage, my mother would say. Anywho, so anyway, we're not going to talk much about the nefarious movie, but uh, a lot of bad stuff happened during that movie, and they say it was spiritual warfare. I, my, you know, flip the coin and say maybe God was trying to tell you something. I mean, you know, that's, you know. Anyway, check out Spencer Smith's live stream on that from yesterday. Um, it might have a little bit of a different take on it. And, uh, I, I, you know, if you've got to use a horror movie to reach people for Christ, I just, mm, I don't know. But anyway, y'all let me know what y'all think. <laughs> That's what I love. It. It's a democracy. I love it. Freedom of speech. Anywho. Mm. So Christians in an anti-Christian world by Hal Lindsey. You can go to HalLindsey.com and check this article out. A few years ago, we uh, would often hear that the United States had entered a post-Christian era. Looking back, he says it's amazing how fast post-Christian turned into anti-Christian. The Facebook pages of certain groups show an amazing number of anti-Christian memes. They don't present thoughtful arguments, but cute little one-liners. And the vitriol is stunning. They seethe with hatred for all things Christian. 
They hate churches. They hate the individual followers of Jesus. And they hate every hint that this society once held Jesus in the Bible in high esteem. You wonder who they are arguing with. The commenters on such pages all agree with one another. It's as if they just want the comfort of knowing that there are people out there who hate God as much as they do. Sadly, outrage against the Jesus of the Bible and his followers is growing in size and intensity. You may have friends or family members who have been infected. The natural human fleshly thing would be to respond in kind. That means answering hate with hate, but that's not what Jesus said to do. Uh, These other people for whom uh, he died, our goal is not to outwit them, make them look foolish, or show them what, or show them that we too can curse like sailors. Our goal is is to win them to Christ. We must not respond by hiding. We should not hide our eyes pretending that this is just another societal phase and that all things continue as they have from the beginning. Neither should we hide by retreating into our homes, never venturing beyond our, quote, safe neighborhoods and by hunkering down in churches that refuse to engage the world. In any case, hiding will not long remain an option. When a tornado is ripping apart your house, hiding your eyes does not make you safer. There comes a point when you can't pretend that everything is normal. If a church preaches God's word, Satan's world system will attack it. Your neighborhood may seem quiet on the surface, but it is almost certainly being invaded by drugs, pornography, and hate. Hiding is fear-based and our response must be faith-based. Understand what's going on, but don't forget that the most important part of any situation is that the God who created all things is still in charge. So do what he says. And in Matthew 5, Jesus gave us explicit instructions. Love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which Spite, which despitefully use you and persecute you. Folks, that is Hal Lindsay from the Hal Lindsay Report, and uh, that's what we need to be doing. Absolutely. And uh, one other headline we have tonight is Prominent Prophetic Perspective. And guys, oh boy, this is a good one. And uh, Terry James Prophecy Line, uh, dot com. You can check it out there, Terry James Prophecy Line dot com. And he's got a lot of great books on Amazon. Please go check him out. Anyway, uh, Jesus, while sitting atop the Mount of Olives, speaking to his disciples, have gave a profound prophecy relative to our present day. As they looked down upon Jerusalem and at the temple of on Moriah, the Lord said the following, And ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that ye be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass. But the end is not yet, for nation shall rise against nation. That's Matthew 24, verses 6 and 7. So, of all the prophecies that seem to be in view now, none is more relevant than the turmoil Jesus spoke of that we're watching in this crucial hour of last time human history. Uh, this pro- the process of stage setting in this regard is part of the dynamics reconfiguring the world uh, for humanity's most horrific military conflict, Armageddon. The portion of the prophecy we need to look at at is the prophecy Jesus gave that nation will rise against nation in an unprecedented way just before he returns to set up his millennial kingdom on earth. When giving only a cursory glance at these words, we think that, yes, that's certainly true. Many a nation has risen against another nation just 
during the past several decades, he says. There have been many wars and uh, other wars are looming, but is this the kind of nation against nation reference uh, Jesus specifically gave in this discourse, he asked? Well, to answer this, he says we must look at the Greek language, the language from which... The New Testament was translated into English. Jesus was in actuality saying these uprisings would be unusual and that they would be based in ethnos, Greek here for nation. They would be ethnic in origin. They would pit ethnic or racial group against racial group. It is equally true that ethnic factors have been the cause of many wars throughout the centuries the arabs and the jews as a matter of fact many ethnic peoples against the jews mark the conflicts of old testament times almost without exception those early wars were ethnic in origin <clears throat> he goes on to say things haven't changed arabs and jews still have the ethnos factor at the heart of their differences and never in history has the conflict been more virulent in rhetoric if not in fact uh, the islamic nations mostly arab are blood vowed to push the jews into the mediterranean sea and wipe the jewish race from the planet some arab leaders of the past and other leaders e.g the iranian continue to want all jews expunged from the region and even off the planet they have made it their national policy through their orator or oratorical uh, invectives there have been conflicts in the century just past involved uh, peoples of the Caucasus the Balkans etc in horrific slaughters in Africa and other places all based upon ethnic differences now this hemisphere is experiencing the ever-increasing lethal effects of ethnic struggle the latest is more and more pitting those of multiple races against particularly Caucasian tops while the protests over immigration laws escalate these uprisings aren't spontaneous but are fomented obviously by those who have ulterior motives other than to see that illegal immigrants get a chance to start new lives in the most maturely blessed nation in human history we've looked consistently at the globalist elites who are showing a total disregard for national boundaries and sovereign well-being by wanting to just ignore the laws on these important immigration matters and extend unlimited amnesty to those who have entered america illegally the point jesus said a great swelling of uprising involving ethnic strife would grow to be a major crisis during the tribulation era the last seven years just before he returns to put an end to all the conflicts at armageddon revelation chapter 19 verse 11 this tremendous ethnic disturbance we are witnessing each day in our headlines is something we must absolutely watch closely he says the powerful turbulence the quote seas and waves roaring constitute yet another indicator of where this generation stands on god's prophetic timeline we can say with a degree of certainty based upon study of god's word and belief in the preacher rapture of christ's return that because of the burgeoning ethnic unrest in conjunction with all of the other indicators we see interjecting themselves with growing intensity and frequency jesus's shout come up here can't be far distant even so come lord jesus amen brother james amen that is james at uh, uh terry james prophecyline.com please go check him out and show him some love under the headline of nearing midnight um guys he couldn't be even more i'm telling you it's just a matter of time for Christ calls us home before he calls us home. How many people are you going to take with you? How many people? 
How many people, when you get to heaven, are you going to say, oh, I remember telling you about the gospel. I remember telling you about Jesus. I remember telling you. And uh, how many people are you going to see up there that you know like that? I don't know. I don't know. I hope I see a few. But that's the reason why we're here. Me and my brother were talking about it on the phone today. What are we here for? We're here to tell people about the love of Christ. We're here to tell people about his saving grace, um, his mercy. That's what we're here for. Um, Get out there and tell somebody about the Lord. Get out there and tell them about the Lord tonight, today, in the morning, whenever you can. But time is of the essence. And uh, if we know that, I mean, we already know, we know you guys that Christ is coming. It is coming soon. We see all these signs coming together. How much sooner can it be? I don't know. But he's coming. We know that. Nobody knows the day or the hour or anything like that. So don't let anybody tell you that they do because they don't. Even Jesus said, the angels don't know. Jesus don't know. Only God the Father knows when he sends Christ to come get his bride. And so, are you going to be ready? Do you have your oil in your lamp? Are you ready? I pray you are. I pray I am. May we be found by our Lord and Savior doing the work of our Father, of our Heavenly Father, His Father. I don't know, guys. Time is short, but I'm going to get off of here. Uh, hope to do another episode tomorrow. Sorry it took me a while. I took a little sabbatical. Um, it wasn't a, um, uh, what do you call it? What, like a vacay? We'll put it that way. <laughs> oh, goodness. I had so much going on, so much craziness. But thanks, you guys, for sticking with me. Uh, thanks for listening to this episode. And uh, I really do appreciate you guys. You have no idea how much I appreciate you. Oh, and uh, for that, I got a message. Jesse. Hey, uh, if you're listening, I did take me a little bit. I'm sorry uh, to get back with you, but uh, I did check out that one, the foundation church uh, that you sent. Um, yeah, I can't recommend that. Uh, I looked at their website. I did a little bit of research on them and they have women pastors and I'm like, oh, that's a big no, no. That's uh, a big no, no, no women pastors. So I'm not sure if you knew that or not. I know you probably just listened to some of their messages there on the Spotify um, but I went to their website to check out some of their stuff. And yeah, they have ladies in the pulpit, which is a big new, new. Anyway, um, want to let you know about that um, if you did, if you weren't aware of it. So anyway, um, with that, you guys, I'm going to uh, get off of here. And as always, uh, get in the word of God and let the word of God get into you. And Maranatha, Lord Jesus, Maranatha, come quickly, Lord Jesus. May tonight be the night that he calls us home. I mean, if not, we will keep on keeping on uh, fighting uh, for the kingdom of God and preaching and teaching and doing whatever God has called each one of you guys to do and gals. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening. May God bless each and every one of you as we await the appearing of our great God and Savior, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ.